The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto with Born to be Breastfed. Thank you so much for joining us today. And lucky for you, lucky for me, we have two very interesting guests to talk to today about exercise and fitness during the prenatal and during the postnatal periods. That is, while you're pregnant and while after you've delivered the baby and hopefully you're breastfeeding as well. And so I would like to welcome Sheila and Vicki. Uh, welcome, uh, Sheila Watkins. Hi. And welcome to Vicki Vertich as well. Hello there. Uh, I'll tell you just a little bit about these incredible women. Sheila is the founder of the National Program and the National Program Director of the Healthy Moms Fitness Program. She is a perinatal fitness specialist, and she has a whole bunch of qualifications in order to do that. Vicki Vertich, who actually just took my course a while ago, which is how I met Vicki, is the community liaison, and she is one of the trainers for the uh, Healthy Moms Fitness Program. She is the lead lactation consultant at Jackson Health Systems in Miami. So, welcome to these lovely ladies. And uh, we're going to get started here. I have to tell you a really funny thing happened today, which was I myself was at the YMCA. Want to know? I still got my sports bra on. I had to really hustle around here to get to the radio show. (laughs) And uh, there was a woman there who was pregnant. And it was really pretty funny because I wanted to alert her about the program. But it also determined, uh, it also happened, and this was just like one of those little funny things that shouldn't happen, but it just does. It turned out that I was the nurse the night that woman was born, which was pretty funny. Oh, wow. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Um, Oh, that's great. I I know. I mean, how many times does that happen when you show up at the Y? But anyway, (laughs) uh, we had a good discussion about breastfeeding, exercise, birthing babies, and more. And so now you and I are going to do the same thing. We're going to have a great conversation for all of those who are listening tonight. So, So help me with this. Now, you guys that are big into fitness, you're always teaching about the importance of core. Core this, core that. I feel like I hear core like a gazillion times. Um, what exactly is your core? Well, your core is actually four or five different parts. It, okay. If you start out with, the core is kind of like an apple core. Um, when people think of core, they think of abdominals. It's a lot more than just the abdominals. It includes the diaphragm, that's your breathing muscle, 
that sits in the lower half of your rib cage, and also the deep spinal, spinal muscles in the back. Um, they're called the multifidi. They look kind of like little Christmas trees going up the spine. Mm, the okay. transverse abdominis, that is the innermost core. That's kind of like your inner corset, kind of like your um, baby carriage on the inside when you're pregnant. Um, and then the pelvic floor muscles, which is the uh, supporting structure at the bottom of the core. And what we know now is that we need to treat all of these entities as one thing rather than pieces and parts. So we're integrating our core work as one rather than let's work the pelvic floor, let's work the back, let's work the abdominals. Um, so it's really it's the whole becoming, package, Sheila. Yeah, it's like everything is, it, you can't really work one without the other because they all need each other. It's a system. It's not, you know, by themselves. That makes so much sense because if you think about it, every other part of our body all works together. It seems like this right. should too. So that then what's the core true. breath? Okay, the core breath. Um, usually we teach this to our moms sitting on a stability ball. And we might have some moms go, oh, God, I'm scared of that ball. But yep, you could yep. actually sit on the ball. If you were um, had never been on it, you could put chairs on either side of the ball so that they would feel a little more stable and the trainer would stand in front of them. Um, as they sit on the ball, they want to sit tall on their sit bones. And you're going to have them take a deep breath and think about sending that breath to the sides and the back of the rib cage and also to their belly. And kind of inflating that core. You can also um, work it down into inflate that pelvic floor. So you actually feel um, the pelvic floor inflating against the stability ball. That's why I like to do it on a ball rather than a hard chair because they can actually feel that pelvic floor inflating. And then as they exhale, we want them to deflate. So that would be the core breath. Ooh, okay. Okay, so it's it's really both, Sheila. It's the in and the out, and it's where... The in and the out, happens. right. The inhale and okay. the exhale. We used to just teach belly breathing. Into the abdominals, breathe to your baby. But now we want them to breathe, want them to integrate the rib cage, the sides and the back of the rib cage, and also bring that pelvic floor into it as well, because it's not just belly breathing. It's that entire core. Um, yes, yeah, see, I'm so ignorant. I thought it was going to help when they're pushing that baby out during labor. Right, right. Yes, right. definitely. Totally agree. All right. So then I, I thought of this myself as I, after you and I had talked, I was sitting on the exercise bike and I'm thinking, how do I know if I'm sitting on my sit bones? How, how does a person know if they're sitting on their sit bones? Okay. Well, you're sitting tall and you reach around and you kind of kind of grab that flesh and pull it away. And there's two little prominences that are back there. In your glutes, underneath yep. your glutes, little bony prominences that you sit on, that you yep. would sit okay. up on top. So it's kind of like sitting tall up on those bony prominences. And some of us have to pull more flesh out than others to <laughs> find those bony prominences, but they're there. Yeah, I'm um, thinking I got a little more there than what I want to admit to. Yeah, and as, as, as opposed to sitting back on your sacrum or on your tailbone, which is oh, right. nice and cushy sitting back, you want to sit tall. And we've... Um, one of our cues in our class is sit tall, mm-hmm. sit tall on your ball, sit tall in your chair, sit tall on your bike seat, whatever you're doing, you're sitting tall on so those sit bones. Hear that 
after so many weeks in exercise class, they kind of just go there on their own space after a while. It's kind of neat to watch them develop that. So it's almost as though that's your little mantra, and after a while it becomes second nature to them. Yes, and that's what we want. We want them to take the information that they learn in our classes and take it into our life because you can, you know, you can do anything for an hour in a class, but if you don't take it into your life, you're not really going to gain the most benefit from learning how to do the core breath, learning how to sit on your sit bones, um, Um, learning alignment, which we'll get into. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Um, Vicki, I know that you feel strongly about the whole idea of women getting together at the prenatal period and that exercise and fitness classes are sort of a way to uh, build that camaraderie or whatever you want to call it. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, it's really amazing to see a group of moms who don't really know each other start to come to class a couple of times a week and look forward to sharing how they feel about their pregnancy, the discomforts, the birth of their baby, the breastfeeding. And I find that that sharing between them while we're exercising or while we're doing a relaxation technique at the end just seems to really build confidence to them about being able to be strong and birth a baby because they've done something during their pregnancy to empower them and strengthen them. And it just kind of carries through. It's really a, a great thing to see them learn from each other during their pregnancy and their goals. Yes, yes. So they're supportive of one another, hopefully throughout the childbearing cycle. Yes, most yes. definitely, even into yeah. postpartum where they show up with their babies and can't wait to show them uh, off. Uh, how sweet. Yeah. Well, so and how do with this? 20 years because oh. I have uh, a group of moms in the Washington, D.C. area that had their babies many, many years ago, and they're still getting back together oh, wow. and going to lunch. Now, so that it's pretty is cool to see. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> Help me with this. Um, what about that business about you should not exercise with a heart rate over 140 beats per minute? What's the scoop with that? <laughs> that was an American College of OBGYN guideline that came out in 1985, mm-hmm. and it lasted nine years. And in 1994, they changed it. But unfortunately, that 140 is still out there. Yeah, it's all it over is. the Internet. And unfortunately, some... Physicians groups are still handing out the 140 heart rate, but it is not a guideline, has not been since 1994, and what does that make it, 20-some years now that it's been gone? Um, So, Sheila, is there a different number? No, it's perceived exertion in the talk test. If you're uh, just a quick, easy way, if you can talk to me, I know you're fine. Uh Um, If if you want to scale, if zero is lying in bed and 10 is running up the Washington Monument with twins on your back. You want to be about a five or a six. Maybe if you're trained up to a seven, fairly light to somewhat hard. Um, Someone who's been an exerciser forever can go up to what they perceive as hard, but as they get more pregnant, their pregnancy progresses. What they perceive as hard is not going to be what they perceived as hard when they were not pregnant. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. And so it also they can seems still, to me, in just a simple way, like the the better I get, the more I can really do the talk test. Right. Right? And it, yeah. yes. 
Yes. All right, so in the minute or so that we've got remaining, uh, tell me this. I have heard that people should not do strength training or weight training during pregnancy, that it's not safe to do weight training or, or strength. Is that true? What's, what's the story with that? That is not true. There are peer-reviewed actual studies now that show that weight training is very safe during pregnancy. Um, okay. We we had lots of stuff out there on the Internet for a long time, but now we actually have research studies done at very prestigious um, exercise physiology labs that show that lifting weights is it. perfectly fine, as long as it's done under the direction of someone that actually knows what they're doing, i.e. a certified trainer that works quick, with pregnant quick, clients. What about abdominal training? Uh, I, I've heard people say that it's not necessary to do abdominal training uh, during pregnancy because the, the muscles need to stretch. Is that baloney? The, yes, that is. We want strong <laughs> abdominals. The muscles will still stretch if they're strong, and you want strong abdominals to support the weight of the growing baby uh, to help decrease back pain. Um, but again, it's a strong core rather than just strong abdominals. We want that pelvic floor to be strong, the abdominals to be strong, and that back to be as strong, too. Okay. Wow, we've learned a lot here. What's truth? What's myth? Uh, we've certainly learned, I can tell you, all of a sudden I'm pulling myself up in the chair so that I'm sitting tall. <laughs> and uh, when we come back, we will hear more from Sheila and from Vicki, we'll be talking about the postpartum, breastfeeding and beyond. Hey, just a reminder to all of you who haven't checked it out, please take a look at one of our sponsors, New Angel, that's N-U-A-N-G-E-L, newangel.com. This is a woman-owned company that makes products for women and their breastfeeding babies. Check it out either on the web or also breast pads and more that are in Walmart. Check it out. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. New Angel manufactures environmentally friendly and hypoallergenic cotton products for breastfeeding mothers and their new angels. Feel the difference. Soft, absorbent, and breathable. Patented, patent-pending, and award-winning products designed by a certified lactation consultant. Look for New Angel biodegradable, disposable, and cotton washable nursing pads, natural cotton products, and other unique items. Made by mothers for mothers in the USA by N-U-A-N-G-E-L for your new angel at www.newangel.com and www.amazon.com What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan? While his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash gooddonor. Are you getting ready for your IBLCE exam? Do you want a time-saving review without having to travel? Marie Biancuso's new guided study review is the perfect resource for you. 
If you're wanting to listen on the go, get our premier package, which includes over 60 12-minute audio casts, a 400-page companion guide, and much more. Best of all, you'll get a live Q&A session with Marie via webinar. You'll walk into the exam confident you'll pass. Call today at 703-787-9894 or visit us at www.breastfeedingoutlook.com. That's breastfeedingoutlook.com. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. Thank you so much for joining me today here today with Sheila Watkins, who is a fitness specialist for the um, women who are pregnant or just delivered, and also with her colleague and uh, lactation consultant, pretty much woman extraordinaire, <laughs> Vicki Vertich. <laughs> and we've been talking about the exercise in the prenatal period. Uh, I promised you we'd talk about the postpartum when we came back, and that's true. We'll do that. But I just realized I didn't ask either of you in the first segment, I didn't ask about something that I have always heard, always, 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 I've always heard, oh, exercise is okay if you did it before you were pregnant. But if you didn't do exercise before you were pregnant, then you shouldn't start now. Uh, Sheila, what would you say to that? I would say that's a myth that we need to blow away because exercise affords so many benefits for pregnant women and new moms that even if they have never exercised before, they can start, but as long as they're with a certified trainer, someone that really knows what they need to focus on as far as prenatal fitness. Um, we're not saying that they need to just go join a gym and work with any trainer. It needs to be someone that knows what they're doing. But um, it would almost be malpractice not to suggest to a pregnant patient that um, she shouldn't exercise. And hopefully we have doctors and midwives recommending exercise, even if it's just walking. I mean, women think exercise is going to the gym and lifting weights, but there's so much more that you can do just getting out and walking. Um, It would be great for someone who never had exercise before. Even walking is so much better for them. When you look at the benefits of exercise during pregnancy, it's... Every day there's new research, even mild exercise, 30 minutes, taking a walk is such a benefit for mom psychologically and physically. Mm, I would agree. Uh, You know, honestly, I started 
doing more exercise because I was too fat. But honestly, <laughs> I kept doing it because it made my head feel better. It just clears out my head, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. So tell me this, uh, Vicki, I just said you are lactation consultant extraordinaire, and I believe that must be true because, of course, you came to my course, so... <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> there you go, you know? But, but here's what I want to know. Uh, a lot of times, mothers tell me that they don't want to breastfeed or they don't want to exercise uh, at the same time because they're afraid that if they exercise, it's going to make their milk sour. Now, by the way, I ran this by uh, some folks at the Y today, and they're like, oh, yeah, I've heard that a lot of times. And I'm like, okay, definitely got to ask this one to Vicki tonight. What, what do you say? Well, that's definitely an old wives' tale. And I get a lot of questions, and I'm sure Sheila does too, from the postpartum moms. When they come, they're so worried that they're going to do something that's going to change the taste of the breast milk and the baby's not going to nurse. And really, it doesn't. The only thing that it does is the mom sweats. So the baby goes to nurse, and they're going, mm, there's a little salty taste going on right here. But that doesn't change the value of the milk. What we normally recommend is that the mom nurses right before class. And if it's something that she's doing outside, she wants to nurse right after class to hydrate that baby well. But um, as far as mom worrying that she's going to feed her baby sour milk, that is just not true at all. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just really good that we get that information out out there. And you've already gone to another place that I was going to talk about, which is feeding your baby, be- or, or, or certainly you could express your milk, hand expression or, or pump or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, because it, it certainly helps to, quote, empty the breast. Now, we know the breasts are never truly empty, but nonetheless. Uh, Vicki, what well, do you tell mothers about wearing bras, sports bras, et cetera, et cetera? What do you tell moms? Well, you know, you want mom to be comfortable when she's working out, and I hate to say this, but moms are really focused on their breasts when yeah, they're they breastfeeding. Yeah. So um, we usually recommend a good fitting bra, a, sport, a good sports bra, not one that's 2 or $3, but they need to wear a good fitting bra that is comfortable. And, you know, some moms are really large, and they do more comfortable with two bras. The only thing we don't like to see them wear is anything with underwire bras. They need to wear a good sports bra. Do you want to no, elaborate that on that, Sheila, or are you okay with that? No, that's perfectly good. Fine. You just want to make sure that they don't show up wearing a yeah, nursing bra. or um, <laughs> yeah. flip-flops. I had a mom show up one night for, for class, and she had flip-flops on, and she was pretty offended when I wouldn't let her work out. But, you know, you want to dress like you would for the gym. You want to have a good supportive bra. You want to have the right athletic shoes on. You want to have your water bottle. We're very uh, picky about moms hydrating, so therefore if they're hydrating, we want those babies to hydrate before and after class, especially if they do a a stroller class, which is one of our programs um, outside. You know, we're always wanting them to um, put like a white blanket or towel in the stroller to deflect the heat away from the baby and after their workout to be sure they're both hydrating well. Vicki, I want to go back to what you said about buy a sports bra, and you specifically said not a 2 or $3 one. All right. Can you help a mother to get a few tips of what does constitute a good sports bra, whether it's by price tag or, or whatever? But how, how can the, the woman go out tomorrow and buy herself a good sports bra and know that it's doing the job for her? Well, first of all, 
most of the time women think they have to buy like, you know, their 36D or 34B or whatever. And a sports bra tends to be a little bit heavier of material. And I don't mean heavy that it's hot, but it's just more supportive. It doesn't need to be, you don't want it to be a nursing bra. You want it to be a sports bra so that those breasts are really in there and they're not, you know, jiggling around that's going to be uncomfortable for her. That's why we want her to breastfeed prior to working out. And then with a good sports bra, she shouldn't have any discomfort. And, you know, I can't really recommend a brand. I think that women will find something. They may have to try two or three sports bras. They're going to end up talking to the other girls in class, what works for you. And a lot of it just depends on, you know, how the fit is for them. Sure. Sure. Uh, the other thing I want to ask you, because people ask me this a lot, uh, what do you think it makes a difference if they've got one that has uh, like two separate cups versus the one that I have on right now, which is just sort of one big massive cup and both breasts go into it? Do you think it makes a difference for mothers who are breastfeeding? Well, you know, it's interesting you should say that because I have moms show up with every kind of bra knowing the man and animal. <laughs> And they, you know, one will say, oh, look at this one. And I find that they do like not necessarily a total separation, but a little bit more of that distinct for the right and distinct for the left instead of the one big massive um, sports bra. (laughs) Yeah, I've heard people call it Some of them want to put pads in there and, you know, they, and, you know, women are very body focused, you know that, especially postpartum. So they want to look as good as they can during this time because it's a boost for them to come to class. So I think that um, just between all of the girls in the class, they just kind of figure out what they want to look like and what's going to fit best. Mm -hmm. Well, it seems to me that to some extent it depends on body type, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, it definitely does. Okay. Uh, Because you can have a woman that's, you know, very small-breasted, and is comfortable with the one bra, then you're going to have a mother that's really large, and she needs two of those great-fitting sports bras. She might wear the one that's like the two-cup on the bottom and then one that's single on top of it. So I think, you know, we just want to be sure that they're not feeling uncomfortable when they're working out. That's a great guideline, and I'd just like to emphasize that sometimes people feel like it's news when I tell them that it's okay to wear a second bra. It's like they that just hasn't really occurred to them. But to me, I have seen people who are just a lot more comfortable that way because it gives them more support. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've actually had some wear three. <laughs> three, okay. okay. Three. So, yeah, that's not, uh, it's, it's. And not common, but I've seen it. So okay. two or three bras. Whatever it takes, girls. Whatever yep. it takes, yeah. <laughs> so, Vicki, help me with this one. I've heard women say that they don't want to exercise because they're afraid they might get a plugged duct. Um, I don't know of any research to substantiate that, but actually I don't know that we've got any research that even addresses that. So just from the standpoint of clinical experience, do you think there's anything to that? Do you think it's just an ungrounded fear, or do you think there is something to that? Well, you know, every mom's different. So when somebody says to me that they have a plugged duck or they're feeling uncomfortable, I have a whole list of questions that I can I go through with them, and I don't necessarily relate it 
to working out. I mean, if they told me they were wearing an underwire bra when they were working out, I might say, no, I really don't recommend that. There's a lot of pressure there. You know, are they carrying the baby on that side? Are they using the diaper bag? Are they sleeping sure. on that side? There's a lot of things that can cause a plug duck, but I, have, I can't really focus that that is exercise-related. Okay, thank you, because that's what I would say. There's a lot of, of possible uh, explanations I might give, but I, don't, I guess I don't blame it on exercise, if you will. Well, while this has been real enlightening, everybody don't go away. Uh, I'm here with Vicki Vertich and Sheila Watkins. We'll be right back. Don't go away on the other side of this break. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash gooddonor. Are you getting ready for your IBLCE exam? Do you want a time-saving review without having to travel? Marie Biancuso's new guided study review is the perfect resource for you. If you're wanting to listen on the go, get our premier package, which includes over 60 12-minute audio casts, a 400-page companion guide, and much more. Best of all, you'll get a live Q&A session with Marie via webinar. You'll walk into the exam confident you'll pass. Call today at 703-787-9894 or visit us at www.breastfeedingoutlook.com. That's breastfeedingoutlook.com. New Angel manufactures environmentally friendly and hypoallergenic cotton products for breastfeeding mothers and their new angels. Feel the difference. Soft, absorbent, and breathable. Patented, patent-pending, and award-winning products designed by a certified lactation consultant. Look for New Angel biodegradable, disposable, and cotton-washable nursing pads, natural cotton products, and other unique items. Made by mothers for mothers in the USA. Buy N-U-A-N-G-E-L for your New Angel at www.newangel.com and www.amazon.com. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you, too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that, too, through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. 
Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso with Born to be Breastfed. Uh, uh, Before we left for the break, I was talking with lactation consultant Vicki Vertich about breastfeeding as related to exercise. And now I want to move a little bit outside of the whole breastfeeding realm with what happens right around the time that the mom goes back for her six weeks checkup. And um, it seems to me like everything is always kind of built around that whole six weeks thing. And there's a whole lot of magic to that number, except that they're there really isn't a lot of magic to that number. Uh, Sheila, is there any time that it's too soon to start exercising after the woman has had the baby? Well, you want to make sure that she ha- if she had a cesarean birth, that she's not going to come back as quickly. We have moms that come back mm-hmm. to our classes, and they may just do the relaxation uh, part of the class and maybe do some belly breathing at, at three, four weeks. Sometimes I've had them come back at two just so they can show off the baby because, remember, it's a social thing for them as well to get back. And um, so I don't, um, if they want to come back to my regular class, I don't require them to have gone, you know, to their physician and have that that quote-unquote six-week checkup. But um, if they want to come to our stroller class, then we absolutely say, no, you can't until you have come through our regular classes. And that would be where we would very, very gently enter them back into the exercise realm. Um, Okay, so how about this? How about Uh after the six weeks are up, they are cleared for all the exercise in the world, and the woman says, hey, look at, I want to get my body back. Um, do I have to do the planks, crunches, and intense ab work? Is that is that how I'm going to get my body back? What would you no, say to that? No, that's not. They, you know, a, a lot of women think, okay, I had a my six week checkup. I'm ready to go, and, and they are totally unaware that going to boot camp type classes or mommy and me classes that have these planks and these crunches, and going to trainers that say, oh, I can get your body back. That is a big uh, no-no because you can actually add insult to injury and it would take them. I mean, it can do more damage than good. We need to rebuild their bodies from the inside out. And that is a gentle core restore program. And then you layer on top of the core restore. We have to get them breathing correctly, standing correctly, uh, sitting correctly before we can layer on any type of exercise and also get those that core back um, better or as good as or better than it was before they got pregnant. Sometimes it's better than it was before they got pregnant. Sheila, one of the things that I'm hearing both of you say over and over is that 
there's like no one little isolated thing. There's no one little isolated muscle. There's no, no one little isolated mm-hmm. activity or exercise uh, that all of these things kind of work together. And I'm also right. hearing you say that you really need someone who specializes in perinatal education yes. for fitness. And who is up to date on perinatal, on the perinatal fitness, how to restore the core. Because for so many years, I was working in, in one direction. And we've got so much new research now that shows all the different uh, things. It's just, it, it's a wonderful field to be in. But the instructor has to really stay on top of it. I have a training program where I train instructors. I have to rewrite a great deal of my manual now because the core restore um, has really changed. Wow. Um, my okay. stuff worked, but I was missing a big part. I was, um, you know, now that the research has shown, you, you have to stay current. And it's yes. for the betterment of the moms. It's, you know, they want the most current. The women are a lot more savvy than they used to be. They're going to know, um, you know, who to, who to seek out. Sheila, one of the things that people will often... Marie, excuse me, but we have to remember the six-week checkup is a six-week checkup, and every birth is different, and every mom's six-week is different. So I think Sheila is also saying that each mom being an individual brings to the program her issues that she may have had that can make Mm -hmm. her stand out a little bit differently, too. Yes, and and I would agree that's... it's not always the marker that, well, at that six-week you know, checkup, what do they do? They say, okay, you're cleared to exercise. Here's your Kegel mm-hmm. handout. And, <laughs> yeah. and you know, here's your Kegel handout. Okay, so all of a sudden they're like, okay, if I do my Kegels, then I can go back and do what I was doing. Or, I mean, they really have no direction. They are given no direction mm-hmm. at that. And that's, you know, six weeks is it's just, it's a very arbitrary a convenience. Number. It's just there. It's what's yeah. been done forever and ever. And it's kind of like, okay, you're cleared, but you're no different after that six weeks than you were two days before, before your six weeks. And they don't do any internals or any exam to really find out what the state of the pelvic floor is. But yet, here's your Kegel handout, and boom, you're on your own. Um, this is one of the reasons why I think that six weeks is rather arbitrary, and Vicky right. said it much better than I did, but basically, yeah. uh, not every woman is exactly the same at exactly six no. weeks. It just doesn't work no. that way. Uh, one of the things I do want to ask, though, is a lot of women, whether they're six weeks or six months or six years postpartum, mm-hmm. they think mm-hmm. that peeing their pants is normal after having a baby. It's just one of those things that happens after you have a baby. What do you say? That is not true. Um, yeah. If she has gone through a um, core restore program where the pelvic floor is part, it's remember, it's all integrated, all interrelated. Um, it, it, people say, oh, I have a weak bladder. Well, it's not really a weak bladder. It's a pelvic right. floor that's not working along with the core. Um, there are ways to rehab her pelvic floor along with her core that would lead her at the other end where she's not peeing in her pants. Um, it's, it, but it's an integrated program. It's not just doing kegels that's going to help. Um, that could be a part of it. That's a basic exercise. But the pelvic floor likes movement. We need to get her moving in order to restore her pelvic floor, i.e. along with her core. Um, there's, there's methods of doing that, 
that women aren't aware of. Um, they think that that Kegel handout is going to get them back, and yeah, you know, they do. And, and if it doesn't, then oh well, my mother told me I was going to pee right. my pants forever, and I guess I am. And that's not I totally true. That's part of the Healthy Moms program is educating the the women that come through the program. How many women are going to raise their hand the first day back in class <laughs> and go, "Oh, I'm peeing my pants in front right. of ten people um, that they've never met before"? Right. Absolutely. So I think part of um, a good fitness program. Is like Sheila says, she uses evidence-based research. That's what we learn. Just like with breastfeeding, you want to use evidence-based research. And so I think that, you know, we have to, like we said, we look at each mother individually and what is going to be best for her. So help me with this then, Sheila. Is it ever too late for the woman to be able to restore her core? No. Postpartum is forever. That's okay. that's my new mantra. Your new um, mantra. Well, that's that my new mantra, my next and point, that which... I mean that's because the research is showing that now that you can go back. Um, I have um, I was a pilot for a, um, a study that was done with a program out of the UK called the Fufu Fun Club, and I got women who were twenty thirty years postpartum off of their pads. Whoa! In other words. They are not married to the grocery store aisle where the pads are now, completely off their pads. And these are women who have grandchildren. So uh, incontinence is not just a postpartum thing, and it's also not an old lady thing. Like a lot of people think, oh, that's just because you're old. You have, you know, incontinence. We have middle schoolers, middle school track athletes that are peeing their pants. Oh my! So well, I guess we need, goes- you know, it, it. It definitely is a problem that needs to be addressed, but it needs to be addressed by people that understand what is going on and learn about the core. Like maybe those middle school athletes shouldn't be on the ground doing forty gazillion crunches sure. because um, a lot of the pressure that She'll- involved in a crunch. We're getting a little short on time, but I want to okay. pursue a similar question, which okay. is a lot of women think that all of those postpartum aches and pains are just normal, and mom is going to have to put up and shut up, and, you know, that's just the way it is. What do you say? Not true. We need to teach them how to align their bodies so that not only is, does their posture look good. Posture is the way you look, but alignment is the way you line up the bones and the joints. And if we can line up the bones because then we can alleviate a lot of those aches and pains, starting with the feet, working to the knees, the hips, the back, um, the shoulders, the neck. If we can fix their alignment, we can alleviate a lot of those aches and pains. That means we teach them how to sit better, stand better, um, and walk better. Talk to us about shoes. Shoes, okay. Uh, shoes, you mean heels, I take it. Um, well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to get our moms, uh, well, trying to get an understanding that if you are in a positive heeled shoe, and that is anything that brings your heel above the ball of your foot, that what that actually does, if you were going to stand in alignment, you would have your shoulder, your hip, uh, the outside of your knee, your ankle in one line. If you ran a plumb line from your shoulder straight down. But if you put someone in heels, their body is pitched forward at an incline. Does that make sense? 
Absolutely. Okay, mm-hmm. so we can't, we can't walk around like that because we'd face plant. Yes. So we have to straighten the body back up. But when we straighten the body back up, we straighten it up out of alignment. So we Sheila, we are all nice going to be straightening line. up and we are going to be walking and running to your door. Believe me. Hey, everybody, <laughs> I'm Marie Biancuzzo with Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with Vicki Vertich and Sheila Watkins. We're talking about the postpartum situation and, and alignment, exercise, fitness, and more. Don't go away. We'll be right back after the show. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash good donor. Are you getting ready for your IBLCE exam? Do you want a time-saving review without having to travel? Marie Biancuso's new guided study review is the perfect resource for you. If you're wanting to listen on the go, get our premier package, which includes over 60 12-minute audio casts, a 400-page companion guide, and much more. Best of all, you'll get a live Q&A session with Marie via webinar. You'll walk into the exam confident you'll pass. Call today at 703-787-9894 or visit us at www.breastfeedingoutlook.com. That's breastfeedingoutlook.com. New Angel manufactures environmentally friendly and hypoallergenic cotton products for breastfeeding mothers and their new angels. Feel the difference. Soft, absorbent, and breathable. Patented, patent-pending, and award-winning products designed by a certified lactation consultant. Look for New Angel biodegradable, disposable, and cotton-washable nursing pads, natural cotton products, and other unique items. Made by mothers for mothers in the USA. By N-U-A-N-G-E-L for your New Angel at www.newangel.com and www.amazon.com. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso with Born to be Breastfed. Uh, we've been talking about some of this exercise and fitness and 
one of the things that I also want to point out is that many mothers have told me that they've kind of given up. They figure they're never going to have a flat belly ever again after birthing a baby, uh, that that mommy tummy pouch is the norm. Sheila, is that true? No, that's not true with proper breathing, body alignment, and gentle exercises we can restore that core to better than it was even before, um, just with proper training. So in other words, they're not doomed, and they could actually end up better if they could work with somebody like you or Vicki? Right. Someone yeah. that, has, that has the knowledge of how to rebuild the body from the inside out. It's not, just a core, it's not just a sit-up or a crunch. Yeah. Um, here's here's another one. I think that there are a lot of women who worry about doing too much exercise too soon. Um, they don't really know what they should do and what constitutes overdoing it. Uh, certainly some people do overdo it. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about what are some symptoms of doing too much exercise too soon? Yeah, when moms come back to class the first time, First of all, they're a little, you have one of two, they're either real hesitant and afraid to do stuff, or you have the ones that come back and think they're going to run a marathon the next yep. day. And <laughs> yep. some of the things that they really want, want to be careful for is they should not be bleeding, bright red bleeding, clots, anything. We should not be seeing that. They shouldn't have shortness of breath. They shouldn't have dizziness, lightheaded. That's all signs that, you know what, we're overdoing it a little bit here. And a lot of moms want to keep up with the person next to them. Well, that person next to them could have been in class for four or five weeks already, and you're the new person in class. So what we try to do when they start prenatally with us and move to postpartum is you want to teach them to be aware of their body. What's normal for them? What isn't normal? What feels really different? so that they feel comfortable to say, you know what, I need to slow down a little bit or I need to talk to the instructor to see why this is going on. And that's what they get when they work with someone that does understand the postpartum body. Can, can you also tell us, uh, thank you, that was, that was extremely helpful, I think. Can you also just give us, now I'm sure that there are probably 85 books written on this topic, but can you just dot point for us four or five of what you would consider to be the top benefits of why women should be uh, exercising during the prenatal and the postnatal period? Go ahead, Sheila. Uh, postnatal, they're in with a group. Um, it, it affords that camaraderie and that sister-to-sister. Uh, prenatally, they actually gain less overall body weight, body fat, um, it is fetoprotective in that um, they can actually maintain or increase their fitness level. Um, the babies are actually leaner. There's some new research to show that the babies are leaner of wow. exercising moms. They actually tolerate labor better. Um, women have a um, less of a longer, less of a time in pushing because they've got trained core. Better that pelvic knows floor. It, um, better pelvic floor. Um, yep. They rehab much more quickly than their sedentary counterparts. Um, they just, with you know, tolerate labor much better than someone who has not exercised because well, they know what it's like me. to feel their body. You know, that Sheila and I always me. refer to it as a marathon of pregnancy and labor. Right. Yeah, and you train for a marathon, so I think that's what you do when you're doing prenatal exercise and going into the postpartum period. 
Any benefits that you would add to that uh, list that Sheila just gave us? Most of the time what I see is just women um, sharing that enjoyment of the time together, and it's in a, a place where they feel very secure. Everyone in that class is at the same point they are. They've all had babies. They're working on um, trying to get back to some postpartum, uh, you know, pre-pregnancy feeling that they had about their bodies. And I think when they're, when they're in a safe environment like that and they can share their breastfeeding questions or the time together, it's such a joy to see that happen amongst a group of women. And I think we really see that breastfeeding, um, the longevity of it really is impacted because they have that ability to share that time with, the, with their friends, the instructor, and the babies. They've got like a built-in system. Uh, mm-hmm. Sheila, I'm going to boot this one last question to you. Yes. If I told you, no, sir, uh-uh-uh, I just want to be a happy little couch potato. I don't want to <laughs> do this. I know it's good for me, but uh, no, th- thanks, but no thanks. What would be the one piece of information that you would offer that might change my mind? Let's be a role model for your baby. Ooh, I'm liking that a lot. <laughs> Ooh. If you don't do it for yourself, be that role model so they they grow up active. Boy, that is that is a wonderful motivator because we've seen women who do all sorts of things for their baby that they would not necessarily do if it were. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of women mm-hmm. say to me, "It's not just me anymore." Right. They're, they're mm-hmm. doing it. And that's why a lot of women start to exercise because all of a sudden it's not about them. It's about yep. them and somebody else. And wow. we see that with our, you know, with our stroller mommies out in the park when they're doing their exercises and they're in front of that stroller and engaging that baby. That baby from his earliest memory is going to be mom doing something active. Absolutely. And in our society today where everybody's sitting on the couch playing video games and on their computers, it is pretty profound to have your first memories be of your mommy out in front of you doing something active. Wow. Well, I got to tell you, I have learned a whole lot from this. I hope that our audience has as well. Uh, Vicki and Sheila have talked to us in this hour about core restore, about really that being uh, proper breathing, proper body alignment, gentle exercises to rebuild the core, as Sheila has said tonight so many times, from the inside out. And she mentioned those gluteal muscles as being part of that as well. There are so many, many myths that are floating around out there. They really were helpful in straightening us out on a lot of that junk that we've all heard, and sometimes many times. I would really like to thank Sheila and Vicki for helping us to get the real information about exercise and fitness for the pregnant or the lactating mother. One of the things that I really caught from this show over and over is that it's not one single thing. It's how all of these things all work together. And I've certainly heard a big message of, as Sheila said very nicely, postpartum is forever. So even if you didn't start a fitness program in the first few days after your your baby was born, it's never too late, never too late. Uh, we've only got a very small few minutes left. Sheila, Vicki, I hope that everybody is going to beat a path to your physical door or <laughs> even to your web door. How can people find you on the web? Uh, www.healthymomsfitness.com. 
And our toll-free number is 866-672-MOMS. Amen. Well, that has been extremely helpful. Thank you so much, uh, Sheila and Vicki. I'm Marie Biancuto, and I promise that I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. Thank you.